Hello, friend. Welcome to I Am Who I Am podcast. Amen. We are in um, Proverbs chapter 9. This is going to be fun. It's going to be short. It's only uh, 18 verses, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of diatribing, but it's got a really cool title. Hey, listen to this. Invitations of Wisdom and of Folly. In other words, both wisdom and, and folly are calling to everybody. And you make the choice whether you want to be wise or be a fool. And so let's just jump right on in and see where this goes today. Um, in chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. Now the seven pillars of wisdom, you can look them up somewhere in the Bible. I can't remember what they are right now. But uh, wisdom is built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Hewn means that she actually created the seven pillars herself. That's awesome. She has prepared her meal, meat, and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Wow. There's four sections here. So let's break that one down a little bit. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point. So she sent out her maids or servants. She's trying to gather in everybody into wisdom. Uh, and she's at the highest point of the city. So she's over everyone. She can, she can reach out to everybody from the highest point. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Come, eat my food, and drink the wine I mix. When they say simple here, um, it means just to be uh, to be foolish. Simple means foolish. Let all who are foolish come in here. It's the same. Uh, come, eat my food, and drink the wine I mix. Man, wisdom will feed you, and wisdom will give you drink, man. No doubt about it. Leave your simple or foolish ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. It's always a choice. We choose which way we're going to walk. We choose whether we're going to walk in the way of folly or we're going to walk in the way of wisdom. It's it's always a choice. Uh, verse 7, and this is a different section. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker, he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. You see the point here? The point is you have to know who the wise are and who the foolish are, who the righteous are and who the wicked. It's If you don't know who's wicked and who's righteous, you'll instruct the wrong person. See, though, watch this. This is really cool. Watch this. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. So you correct the guy who's mocking. He's just making fun of God. He just insults God more. He insults you more. Um, whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Man, they don't want. They don't want to go. They. Um, it, um, Daniel said, "None of the wicked will understand. They want nothing to do with God's wisdom." So you correct. You correct a mocker or rebuke a wicked man. He's going to come after you. <laughs> He'll hurt you if he can. But, and it says, do not rebuke a mocker, or he will hate you. Okay, so again, these guys, these cats hate you. They do not want to be told they're wrong. They do not want to know that. But in the same verse, verse 8, it says, rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Man, you rebuke a wise man. If you got friends that are wise, you go to them and say, you always go in love. You always correct in love. You never correct in violence. 
especially your friends, especially the wise, you go, you know, hey, you know, I wanted to share something with you. I see you going a little to the left here. Do you think that's wise? You know, it's always good to ask questions. You know, I see you going to this path. What do you think about that? What do you think about that path? You know, it's it's the easiest way to correct somebody is asking a question. Then they have to examine it themselves. Amen. I forget where I heard that from, but it makes so much sense. Uh, verse 9, instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Man, you're wise and someone wants to instruct you. They just add to your wisdom. They're just helping you to overcome. They're making you wiser still. Man, oh, it's so good, man. So good. If you're a wise... <laughs> Instruct a wise man, he'll be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. Man, whenever anybody comes to you and, and says, man, I got something to share with you, man, drink it in. Take it in. Get Become wiser. Be willing to learn. Be willing to be wrong. I'd rather, I got a, my favorite saying, and all my friends know this, I'd rather be humble than right. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. You want grace. You want God's grace. That's his ability to get through anything. He gets you through any trial with grace. And so he gives grace to the humble. So you want to be humble. So in other words, it works like this. If you're wrong about something and you're humble, God will get the truth over to you through a wise person. And, and now you won't be wrong anymore. But if you're right about something, if you know that you're right about something and you're in pride, you're not humble. Then pride goes before a fall. Pride makes you blind. Even if you're right in the knowledge that you're believing in, even if even if you have a truth that's biblically accurate, if you're handling it in pride and not and not in um, not in uh, humility, you're handling it wrong. It'll end up harming you. I'd rather be humble than right, because God can get the the right truth over to a humble person who's wrong. But a prideful person who's right, he's in trouble. Let's continue on here. Uh, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wow, fear of the Lord. Again, beginning of wisdom. What's fear of the Lord? Again, it's reverence of God. It's shunning evil. There were three things just recently I came across. But fear of the Lord is bigger than just, and it's not about hiding under your bed, afraid of God in that way. It's reverential love and respect of God. It's, it's hating the same thing God hates. And it is the beginning of wisdom. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He holds our hands in his lives. He has all power, all knowledge. He knows everything. He, he, you know, our breath and our heartbeat is all because of him. Yeah, amazing. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Man, he just opens your understanding up. He just opens your understanding up as you have knowledge of him. Isn't that neat? As you're learning these things today and as we go about and as you're teaching yourself and to others, we're getting more knowledge of the Holy One. It's bringing us all understanding. Isn't that cool? For through, watch, this is, this is uh, wisdom speaking. For through me, your days will be many and your year and years will be added to your life. Man, if you're wise, if you're a wise person, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. I like that your days will be many. Um, the Bible says you honor your mother and your father, you'll live long on the earth. Well, who's going to honor their mother and their father? A wise person. It adds length of years to your life. Isn't it awesome? For through me, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Wisdom is its only reward. Is its own reward, man. 
You know, uh, Ecclesiastes says the same fate overtakes the righteous and the wicked. The same fate overtakes uh, the takes overtakes the wise and the simple or the foolish. We're all headed in the same direction towards an end, towards an end date for life. But don't you want to meet your end date in wisdom and in love and humility? Because everybody's going to meet an end date. If we don't get raptured by the Lord, we're all going to meet. We're all we all have a terminal date eventually. And again, the same fate overtakes the righteous and the wicked, the wise and the simple. So, so if the same fate overtakes us, wouldn't you rather be overtaken by that fate in wisdom and humility and in love? Man, so when you end your days, you end them not in futility, but you end them in grace and in love, knowing where you're headed for eternity. Amen. Um, as your wise reward you. If you if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. But if you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Wow. If you are wise, your wisdom rewards you. Just what I said. But if you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Man, nobody's when you, when someone's mocking, <laughs> you know, and it's getting tight towards judgment. Everybody backs away from the. You ever notice that? <laughs> <laughs> how when someone gets in trouble all of a sudden they got no friends all of a sudden there's no one they can depend on when they're getting arrested and going to jail or whatever all of a sudden where did all my friends go well you got arrested buddy they don't want nothing to do with you because they don't want to go to jail <laughs> if you are a mocker you alone will suffer man that's one of the sorrowful things about the wicked man it's a lonely terrible life you know no honor among thieves you know the old saying no honor among thieves there is none if you if you're hanging out with a bunch of thieves, your stuff's probably going to get stolen from one of the guys you think's your best friend because he's a thief. <laughs> if you are mocking, you alone will suffer. Wow. Um, verse thirteen through eighteen, and it's one thought, so we'll read it and then we'll go through it. The woman folly is loud; she is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city. Now, isn't this cool? Wait a minute. Let's not go any further here. She sits at, this is verse 14. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city. Well, back here at the beginning, it says, um, looking for where it says there. Okay, in verse 3, okay, this is wisdom calling. Verse 3, it says, she sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point in the city. So wisdom goes to the highest point of the city. You know who also goes to the highest part of the city? Folly. This, uh, isn't that amazing? I just I just caught that. Um, so both wisdom and, and folly are both calling out to everybody. They're reaching out to everybody, both from the highest point. That's cool to notice that. They both go to the highest point in the city. They're trying to reach out to everybody. They're both evangelizing. We can use that way. They're both evangelizing people. Come to me. Come to, they're both saying, come to me. And far too many people on the broad path leading destruction are headed right towards folly, right towards her. So both folly and wisdom stand in the same place, the highest point in the city, reaching out. I don't know if they're side by side again. This is metaphorical in a way. I don't know if the woman folly and, and wisdom are standing next to each other shouting, but they're both shouting from the highest point of the city. That is a cool, cool thing there. Wow. So they both are reaching out. They're both evangelizing for their own causes. Wow. That's amazing. Cool. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I'm going, I remember just reading this. Yeah. She sits at the door of her house on the seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who go by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple or foolish come in here. 
She says to those who lack judgment, stolen water is sweet, baby. Man, when you didn't pay for it and you get to drink it, it's good. Amen. Stolen water. I'm having fun here. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten secret is delicious. Man, I stole these apples, man. Let's eat them. Mm, they're so good. They're, we stole them. They're free. Yay. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her, house, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. Whew, man. The foolish die for their foolishness. The wicked die because of their wickedness. And again, Daniel said, none of the wicked, at the end of time, none of the wicked will understand. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads, the end thereof is death, as King James says. There's so many people on the broad path leading to destruction. They think they're right. They're listening to the voice from the highest part of the city, and they think they're following the right path. The foolish, the foolish and the simple look at people like us like we're nuts. Discipline, what do I need discipline for? God, what do I need God for? I make my own way in the world. I like my stolen water. I like my free food. They don't know, though, like it says in the last verse, but little do they know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of the grave. Folly, uh, foolishness, and and. Folly always leads to death. Always, like again, always all that talk about the adulteress and adultery, how it leads to death. Man, let's let's read this section one more time. We'll conclude here. We're almost done. I mean, we're done. The woman's folly is loud. Again, just loud. No subtlety. You know uh, that that graceful, uh, that gentle, quiet spirit that says God says a gentle, quiet spirit is is valuable in His sight for a woman. Not not folly. No, she's loud and obnoxious. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. Again, undisciplined and without knowledge. No discipline at all. No discretion. No no um no um not subtlety, but um you know where. Uh, where they, uh, a woman doesn't want to show herself. That's I can't remember what the word is for that. She sits at the doorhouse and on the seat, the highest point of the city, calling out to those who go by, who go straight on their way. All who are simple come in. She says to those who lie judgment, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. Man. And the pit we dig, the pit we dig for someone else, we fall into ourselves. And you know, one of the I saw one of the cartoons where you you see um, everybody on the broad path, and you see this little narrow way that goes off to the side, going up to Christ, and all these people, this boulevard with zillions of people on it, and they're just moving and they're moving, they're moving. It's their life; it represents their life. And at the very end, you see at the end, there's just a straight down cliff. And they all are just reaching the point of their death and falling off this cliff. It's done visually. It's, it's really powerful. But that's what it's like. A person lives their whole life in folly. They don't want the Bible. They don't want God. They don't want Jesus. They don't want his blood. They don't. It says twice in the book of Revelation, they refuse to repent and glorify him. They refuse to repent of their evil deeds. They want nothing. It says, in spite of the judgments that God is raining down upon them in chapter 9 or 10. It says, in spite of the judgments that are happening, they still refuse to repent of their of their murders, their idolatry, their sexual immorality, their theft. They refuse to repent. It says uh, in 2 Thessalonians 2, they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Man, refuse, refuse, a stubborn refusal, not caring if they're wrong. I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't want God. I don't want nothing to do with God. I ain't never going to want God. 
And you know, while this is all going on in the book of Revelation, while the tribulation is happening, you're going to have two witnesses in Jerusalem that are untouchable, that a fire is going to come from their mouth to consume their eyes. You're going to have 144,000 Jewish evangelists covering the earth, scouring the earth, trying to bring people to Christ. You're going to have an eagle preaching the gospel. That's in Revelation. You're going to have an angel preaching the gospel. That's in Revelation. All the plagues that are in the book of Revelation are going to be falling in, in order upon the world. And you'll be able to go to the book of Revelation and see And yet with all of this evidence of God, all of this evidence of the truth of God, all of these people want to remain in their foolishness, in their folly, and head to the second death, the lake of fire. What is, what what God, what can God do? I mean, what what else can God do? He wrote us a book. He gives us people to preach. He puts eternity in our hearts. He gives us a conscience. He gives us a choice to choose right or over wrong. (laughs) This ain't God's fault. It ain't. Whew. Anyway, love you, love you. A little diatribe at the end there. Just, It just breaks your heart, all the foolish people around us. The broad path that leads to destruction is broad. The narrow path that leads to life, that leads to Christ, leads to life, is narrow. It's small. I looked up that word small in the Greek. It means puny or narrow. It's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people. If you look at world population, it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people are going to make it to heaven. A small fraction. Because the majority of people just want to go their own way. Again, I could go on forever with this. Pray for these people. Pray for God's enemies. Pray for them that God will somehow find a way to bring them to repentance. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather the eternity. He doesn't want any to perish, all to come repentance, all to a knowledge of the truth. He doesn't take any pleasure in the foolish choosing their foolish ways. Love you, love you. Have a blessed day.